Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I am your host, as always. And today we're doing something that I believe is a first time. Uh, we are going to talk about a topic that was suggested to me by someone. I mean, usually I'm thinking of topics that are important to explore uh, that affect our ability to attract lasting love. But no, this time has come from someone that actually wanted me to speak to an issue. And so that sort of reminds me to say something that perhaps I should have said a long time ago, which is if there are topics that you're interested in that you would like me to address, boy, please reach out and let me know what they are. Uh, I would love to be scratching where you're itching. Okay. So having said that, here's what this person wanted to know about. They wanted to know about green flags. You, you know the issue of, you know, in dating, there's red flags, yellow flags, green flags. I like to use the word lights, like traffic lights, red light, yellow light, green light. So I use light or flag interchangeably. Um, and this person said, you know, I know about the red flags. You know, that that's talked about quite a bit. Um, but I'm interested in the green flags, like... How do I know when a relationship is really good, when it's right, when I should go all in, when I should make a wholehearted commitment? Like, how do I know when, you know, I should completely let go and give myself to a relationship? What are the signs of that? Okay. So I thought we would talk about all of these you know, lights, the red light, the yellow light, and especially the green light. And so I have titled this topic, uh, Intelligent Dating, because that really is what this is about, isn't it? This is about being wise, being smart, you know, being intelligent, making good decisions, you know, paying attention to issues, um, so that we really set ourselves up for success and attract lasting love. You know, I often joke it's not hard to attract someone. It's sort of difficult to attract the lasting, healthy, sustainable type of relationship, correct? And to do that, you need to have some smarts. And I think you need to be aware of the red, the red light, the yellow light, and the green light issue. All right, so let's dive right in there. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to define what I mean by these lights. Um, I think they will resonate with what you mean by them. But if not, at least I'm making clear what I'm talking about. And then you can evaluate, um, you know, your, your thoughts and perspectives based upon what I'm saying. Okay. So, um, but what's, here's what's going to be really interesting. The questions are not going to be so much of 
what is a red light or a yellow light of a green light, the questions are going to be a little bit more about when there is a red light, why don't we stop? <laughs> why don't we pay attention to it? And, and when there is a green light, why don't we give ourselves to it completely? Those are great questions. But here is a real central issue. When most people talk about the red flags or the red lights, I think what they're really talking about is yellow lights. Because when I hear people talk about them, they're wondering, you know, what should I do about this issue? Do you think it's a big deal? You know, how should I handle this? This, this I'm seeing some red flags and I really don't know about this. I'm wondering, I got some questions. I'm a little concerned about that. No, if that's how you're responding to something, that means it's a yellow light. Like you're questioning, you're wondering, you're cautious, right? A yellow light means be cautious, slow down. Look around, have your head on a swivel, right? You can proceed through the intersection, but you better pay attention, okay? So most people, when I hear them talk about red flags, they're, they're, they're uncertain, they're questioning, they're, they're wondering. And I'm like, well, then it's not a red flag. That's a yellow flag. A red flag is no, we're done. Oh, it's clear. So let me give an example of a red flag. Now, before I do that, what we have to admit here is that red, yellow, and green flags are very subjective. Really? I mean, isn't that true? I mean, what's a red flag for someone might not be a red flag for someone else. And what's a green flag for someone might be a red flag for someone else. Do you follow me? So there's a lot of subjectivity in these things. Now, I'm going to do my best to give you a couple of red flag examples that you might be able to use and apply in your life. And I'm also going to give you some universal green flags. Like when we get to the green flag conversation, a lot of it is going to be very, very subjective uh, on what your preferences are and what turns you on and what turns you off and sort of what you want in a relationship. And yet, there are some universal things that are indications that you should go all in. Like if these things are happening, then, you know, you shouldn't hold back. You, you should really feel free to open up and completely give yourself to the relationship and so forth. So there is some subjectivity. Now, having said that, here's an example of a red flag. You know... I've always kind of had a crush on Britney Spears, okay? So I'm probably not the only one, but she's just always been a turn on to me, all right? So let's just say that in my little fantasy world over here that Britney Spears is really into me, right? She wants to be in a relationship with me. She wants to be my girlfriend, right? She wants to be with me. And let's say, which I, I don't think is true, let's say she's a smoker, like she smokes cigarettes, I don't think that's true, but let's say she did. Okay, even though Britney Spears is one of the sexiest women in the world to me, 
if she smokes cigarettes, we're done. Oh, no, I'm not even going to have a conversation with you. I'm not going to go out with you. I'm, I'm not even going to consider it. It is an absolute no. I just don't want that in my life. I don't want to be with someone that does that. Okay? So I would not go to my guy friends. Oh, what do you think? She smokes this or that. You know, I wouldn't try. There would be no room to rationalize it. There's no room to try to talk myself into it. No, I don't want to be with someone who smokes. I don't care how beautiful you are. Okay. Another one might be, let's say you're a 35 year old woman. Okay. And you want to get married and have children. Okay. And then you meet Elon Musk. I don't know. Some gorgeous billionaire or something. I don't know if he's gorgeous, but you know, you meet some guy who's just handsome and he makes great money. He's a good person. He's trustworthy. You know, he, he's just, he checks every single box and yet he doesn't want children. That's a red flag. That's a red light. No, stop. Done. We're over. We're not, there's no discussion here. I want children for my life. You don't. I don't care if we have everything else in common. That's a deal breaker, right? That's a red light. You don't talk to your girlfriends about that. Oh, what do you think? Well, he's so handsome. Well, maybe he'll change his mind. Well, maybe our love will make him want to have children. Nah, nah, nah. No, you, you are really, you're going to get yourself T-boned in an intersection if you run through that red light, okay? Now, again, red lights are subjective, because, you know, if both of you don't want children, oh, now it's all of a sudden a green light issue. You follow me? Or if, if I was a smoker and Britney Spears was a smoker, well, that's a green light issue. Oh, that's good. I, I, I would like to be in a relationship with someone who smokes. We won't have any conflict. We won't have any issues around that. Do you follow me? Okay, so the, the, the main thing I want you to hear about the red light issue is there aren't many of those that you'll have in your life. There aren't many things. I mean, there's really not very many things that I would dump Britney Spears over. (laughs) Right? Right? And there's probably not many things that you would dump, you know, Elon Musk over or, you know, uh, some other Hollywood star, you know, um, who's that guy from... Um, old that Levine guy or whatever from Maroon Five or something. You know, I don't know who the heartthrob guys are. Um, but a red flag is something like even if you were seeing Adam Levine and and he did this or had this commitment in his life or had this behavior. No, I would break up with Adam Levine about that. That's how much it's a red thing. So if you have a really long list of red light issues, I think they're, then you might not want a relationship, right? You might be unconsciously just trying to disqualify people because there really aren't that many things that fall in the red light category, but there are a bunch of things that fall in the yellow light category. So like I said, the yellow light category means you don't stop, right? You can proceed, but you need to be careful. You need to be cautious, You need to have a conversation, okay? That is the point I want to make about a yellow light issue. You need 
to immediately have a conversation with the person in question. You don't have a conversation with all your friends <laughs> and start polling people. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Oh, should that bother me? Should, what do you think he means by that? What do you think she's doing when she says that? You know, you don't talk to everybody else and try to figure out what's going on. You talk to the person directly. Hey, there's something happening here that I'm concerned about. Something's giving me pause. I have a question. I'm wondering. I'm, I'm wanting to know. And so yellow lights are not bad. In fact, they are going to come up all the time as you date someone. The more you get to know someone, you're going to see different aspects of their personalities and their lives and how they're living and what they're doing and what they're dreaming and what they're wanting. And you're going to have things that are like, hmm, boy, I don't, I don't know about that. Or I'm, how does that fit with what I'm wanting or what I'm doing, right? So there's nothing wrong with having yellow light issues. You know, two people getting to know each other, seeing if they're compatible, seeing if they want to make a life with one another. So that stuff is going to come up. The issue is when they do, <laughs> you have to have a conversation with that person immediately. That's the point. Okay? So what are some yellow light issues? I mean, there are so many different things. You might meet someone and discover that maybe there are some financial issues. The way they're handling their money, the way their career is going, you know, they, maybe you discover the amount of debt that they might have, or you know, you see you you begin to notice a person's relationship to money when you get around them, and you might have a question. There might be medical issues that you find the person's dealing with. There might be psychological issues. There, you might find out that they're in recovery, that they were addicted to something, and they're in recovery about it. You might find that there's children, like family X issues, right? Very often you date someone and you find out there's a lot of drama going on in this person's life with their ex, or they've got kids or young kids, or there's just problems there. That doesn't mean that you it's a red light issue that you break off the relationship immediately unless you just don't want to be in a relationship with someone who's been married before or been through a divorce. Okay, I mean, you could do that if you wanted to. But for most people, I mean, a lot of people go through divorces or breakups and there's children and people have some past that is still affecting their lives. Um, that's pretty normal. Um, it's not necessarily a red flag issue. It just depends on how they're dealing with it. But chances are it's at least a yellow flag and you're cautious about it. You're wondering. So you need to talk about these issues, right? So that's just a bunch of categories that we could talk about, whether medical, physical, financial, career-oriented, family issues, um, you name it, Right? The issue is, are you willing to actually talk to the person about it? Let, let me give you an example of something just happened with a client just this past week. She's doing online dating and um, she met a guy and her description, you know, 
like, oh, he was really cute, right? I mean, she's like, oh, I could just see myself snuggling up into him, right? So she really liked him. They had good conversation. She respected his career, like he was doing something with his life. So she felt some, like she could trust this guy. He was sort of on his game, right? So he's a good looking guy. He was treating her well uh, on the date. She was just having a wonderful time. And definitely I'm seeing this guy again, right? I mean, right? And then she said, you know what though? He had four cocktails at dinner. And I was like, first of all, are you good to drive home? Um, she's thinking this in her head. Like, you know, are you good to drive home? Um, and, you know, she's like, does he drink this much all the time? Um, that's a lot. Four, four cocktails at dinner. You know, so she just found herself having a little, hmm, a little glitch. Like, everything looks great. And yet, that one kind of caught my attention. What do I do, Roy? Well, talk to him about it. You want an authentic relationship, don't you? Right? You want an open, honest, transparent relationship? Right? Everybody says they do until they find out what that means. Because if you do want that authentic, transparent, open, honest relationship, the next time you see him, you're like, hey, I wanted to ask you about something that I noticed I was concerned about. I don't know what to make of it, but I noticed I was uncomfortable. You had four drinks the other night. And my mind is going around in circles. Like, what does that mean? Does he have a drinking problem? I, he seemed like he was okay. Like, why wouldn't four drinks make him slur his words? I would think he would have been unable to drive, but he actually seemed like he was okay. Which means, how can your tolerance be that high? Like, I was just wondering about all of that. If I'm going to be honest with you, that's what was going on inside of me after our date. And so I thought I should talk about that. That's what it means to be authentic. That's how you deal with the yellow light issue. You got to have the guts to bring it up and discuss it. And yes, I know that doing that could jeopardize the relationship. Oh, it definitely could. That guy could get triggered. How dare you? You're so judgmental. What a bitch. You know, my ex-wife was controlling and now you're trying to control me. Hang up the phone or walk away. He could do that. I mean, you're not controlling. You're not telling him what to do. You're just revealing that you were wondering about these things. That's just unarguable. You're not saying he's bad. You're not saying he's wrong. You're not calling him an alcoholic. You don't know any of that crap. What you do know is you were wondering and you're letting him know, hey, I'm wondering. I just wanted to put it out there. I want, I want to have a conversation about this. Okay? But again, it's a risk. You don't know what's going to happen. But whatever happens you're going to get clarity on the issue. Either he's going to say, you know what? I, I did have too much. I, you were so beautiful. I was nervous, man. I, I'm not good on first dates. And I think if I have a drink, sometimes I'm, if I get a little, a little buzzed, I'm, I'm funnier. I'm, I'm more relaxed. I, um, but no, I really don't do that very often, but I, I was just, okay, well, that's kind of sweet in a way. <laughs> It's, it's a little a little neurotic, but but 
But that that might really explain something, right? Um, so you never know why he drank that much. That's the reason you're bringing it up. Is you're just saying, I'm wondering, can we have a conversation about this, right? So another issue, you know, somebody has a medical issue, you know what I mean? And they tell you, what are you doing for a living? Well, I'm, I can't work right now. I'm on disability, right? And, oh, um, well, right then and there, you might say, well, tell me about that, right? But because that could be a yellow, what does that mean? Like, what is, does that mean you, um, you know, can't get around very well? Does that mean that you're dependent in some way? Does this mean you'll never be able to work or, right? So again, you're going to run into yellow light issues all the time. The question is going to be, will you have the courage to reveal your concern, to reveal your question, to reveal that you're, you're kind of caught on something? Are you going to talk about it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I just want to challenge you like everyone else. If you say you want to be in an authentic and open and honest and transparent relationship where people don't play games and they don't withhold and they don't manipulate and they don't, you know, tell lies and they don't misrepresent and they, you know, they, yeah, again, you, if you want a relationship where you're not playing games, well, what that would mean is you won't play games when you're having a wondering, when you're having a yellow light, you're going to say, listen, over here in Royville, um, I'm wondering about this. I'm wondering if this is an issue. I'm wondering, can, can we have a conversation about this? Okay. And then you find out and perhaps the relationship ends. Perhaps it doesn't. Perhaps it, you feel better about the, the whole situation once you talk about it. But most of us, we just live in our heads about this stuff, right? We just spin it around in our heads and we make up stories about what it means and where it's going. And very often we might even end a relationship and not go on a second or third or fourth or fifth date because we've made up a story in our head about what the four, the four drinks mean. And you don't know what it means. But, you know, do you see how you could maybe stop seeing someone for an issue that you have sort of figured out what it means in your head and, and you really don't know what it means, right? So there's a lot of dangers with it, with the way you handle yellow flags, All right? Now, let's move on to the, uh, to the green light issues, okay? Um, which is what this person really wanted to hear about. And again, um, I'm going to assume that a green light issue, you know, what it means is you're ready to go all in. Like, you know, it might mean that you're ready to take your profile down and, and see them exclusively. <clears throat> it might mean that you're ready to move in with them or you're ready to accept a proposal for marriage and get married, right? So there are a different stages a relationship goes through where you're kind of going all in, right? And the first one usually is whenever you meet, you decide to only see that person and to really pursue. So, so that's a, a beginning sort of all in, kind of an all in in a small way with a, you know what I mean? And then there's bigger all ins. But either way, when you're, when you're making these, you know, how do you make these decisions? Well, I'm going to assume 
that you feel some chemistry with the person, right? That there's some sexual attraction. So that's not one of the universal green light issues because I, I just feel like why would you even consider going all in with someone if you didn't have a little juice, right? Um, I mean, some sometimes you have major chemistry and other people, there's a pull, there's a, a desire, but it's not off the charts. And we could talk about that. Maybe I'll do a, a whole podcast on understanding chemistry. That might not be a bad thing. Um, because sometimes, especially with women, I hear that chemistry can grow over, you know, two, three, four, five dates. It's usually not that way for men. Men usually know kind of right away whether they feel a sexual energy or not. Uh, but sometimes women, because they're more holistic in a sense, I think they're more emotionally developed than men usually. They take a more holistic approach of chemistry. Like it's not just your physical appearance. It's sort of who you are your character, your sense of humor, how you're living your life. So the more a woman sees the quality of a man, the more attractive he can become to her. Right? You follow me there? So chemistry is a little bit of a an interesting dynamic. But I'm, I'm not going to include that in the green light issue because I'm just going to feel like, yeah, you got to have a little bit of juice. Otherwise, we, we, you wouldn't even be considering this. Okay? So what are some universal green lights? Well, here's what I would say to you. Um, you need to have aligned lifestyles, matching or at least non-competing lifestyles, like the lifestyle you want to live, you know, the vision you have for yourself, what you want your future to be like, um, that's got to align up with what your partner wants. Right? You, 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 you sort of got to want to live the same lifestyle. Do you follow me? Let me give you a graphic example. Sometimes I work with clients who um, have been alcoholics or drug addicts back in their past, and now they're in recovery, been in recovery for years. Right? When you're in recovery, you live a certain kind of lifestyle. You know what I mean? But when you're in the addiction world, it's got its own culture. You follow me? When you're in the addiction world, man, we're partying, we're drinking, we're snorting, we're smoking. You know what I mean? You know, there's a lifestyle when you're an addict. And there's a lifestyle when you're sober. You follow me? They really don't go together very well. Okay? <laughs> they don't go together at all. <laughs> right? So I use that graphic example, that drastic example, just to make the point that your lifestyles need to match. And if they do, like if you've always seen yourself living a certain way, like I, I like I wanna I wanna have a career, but I wanna live in the suburbs and raise kids and they're gonna play soccer and just do that thing. That's what I've always dreamed my life, you know. And then you meet a guy, or you meet a woman, depending on, you know, um, and and they want that too. The, they want to have a career and they want to settle down and have a house and have family and, you know, and do the whole nine yards. Okay, so you're, you're, you don't have competing lifestyles. You, you don't have any conflict there. You, you're both wanting to go the same place, okay? 
Another example would be somebody wants to be a missionary in Africa and you're like an atheist and want to live in New York City and climb the corporate ladder. <laughs> you might have great chemistry. You know, you, you might have real attraction for one another, but your lifestyles don't, your life vision, your, your agenda, your, your dream, um, they don't match at all. They're, they're completely different directions. Okay, so when you do meet someone, and yeah, you have some chemistry, right? They're checking some of these other boxes. You enjoy their company. Um, you get along well, right? I mean, um, those are some of the, well, of course, right? You would never even consider making a commitment to someone that you didn't enjoy their company and you didn't respect them as a person, you know, and you didn't have some chemistry. But you're talking about moving in, giving your life to, to them, spending your life with them, getting married, like going all in. My heart, soul, and body are yours. Well, that's more than chemistry. You got to look at, okay, where does this person see his life going? What's their lifestyle? And does it match? Now, most every career has got sort of a lifestyle attached to it. Have you noticed that? Most of the time, like an airline pilot. And they're gone all the time. They're gone two, maybe two, three, four nights a week. Or a, a flight attendant. You know? And so that's a lifestyle. That's not a career. It's a lifestyle. I used to play on the PGA Tour. Right? So I'd be on the road 35 weeks out of the year. That's not a, that's not a career. That's a lifestyle. <laughs> Do you follow me? If a woman was going to date me or be in a relationship with me back when I was playing on the PGA Tour, if she had her own career and maybe had a child from a previous relationship and she was sort of landlocked, you know, in that regard, she had to, she had to go to work here. She was raising a child here. She's there. And I'm on the road 35 weeks out of the year. Well, we can have great chemistry. We can really love each other. We can, you know, be a great fit in a lot of ways. But our lifestyles don't match, and you're headed for trouble, right? You, you, okay, so my, so that's what you have to kind of look at. Now, you discover whether your lifestyles and your life visions are aligned as you're dating. This is why people never advise anyone to get married, you know, like a Vegas shotgun wedding. You don't meet someone and, oh, my God, the chemistry's off the charts and let's get married – why don't you do that? Well, because you have no idea if you're compatible. You have, you have no idea if your lifestyles match, right? So that's why I tell people, if, if, if you get married, man, if you get married to someone and you've known them less than a year, I would be really worried. I mean, there's some, there's some exceptions, of course. Certainly less than nine months. I'm like, no, man, you need to have a fight <laughs> to see how you handle this. You need to spend enough time together where you you can really explore your compatibility in terms of your general life direction and what you want and where you're going and what you want to create together and if you're on the same path right it's sort of think of it this way however you meet someone imagine meeting them at Grand Central Station in New York a big train station right you're meeting them there 
and you like each other. There's chemistry. You know, the person's sexy. It's like, good. But then it's like, so where are you headed? They may be going to Florida on an Amtrak train and you're going to upstate New York. Oh my God, we're going different directions. So when you meet someone, just imagine you're meeting them in a train station and the green light is, are we both going the same way? Are we going the general same direction? Are we at least not going in a direction that's going to compete or conflict? Right? I mean, I'm not saying you have to have the same careers, right? But if you both want to climb the corporate ladder and double income, no kids, great. doesn't mean you have, both have to be hedge fund managers. It just might mean that you're an IT specialist and the other person's a CFO or something. Very different businesses, but you're you're living the same life. Do you follow me? Okay. So that's when you find someone, that's a big green light, man. That's because you're you're just not gonna have conflict. You're both wanting the same outcome. Okay? The second one that I would say is something I would call having shared commitments. Like, whether you recognize this or not, you are living by a certain set of values or commitments. You have certain rules that you follow. There's a, you have a certain way of being. Like, you have a, there's a way you roll. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have your way of being in the world, your way of functioning. So I don't know if you want to call it, you, you have certain commitments that guide your behavior or values. You can call them beliefs, I guess, if you want. They're not really beliefs. They're more like things you actually do. But we all have that, right? And I'm not here to say that one set of commitments or values are any better than anyone else's. It just commitments are commitments. I This is the way I roll. This is the blueprint for my life. This is kind of how I function. The issue is you need to have someone, if you want to make a relationship work, who is functioning by the same blueprint. You got to be on the same page in terms of your commitments and your values and the way you roll. Otherwise, you're just going to have drama all the time because you have different commitments. I'm committed to living this way. I'm committed to living this way. And you're going to fight about it. And you're going to be in drama. You're going to try to change each other. You're going to try to convert each other. You're going to try to you know, use criticism to try to make another person you know, live the way you want them to live and function the way you think they should function. And so when you have misaligned commitments, that is going to lead to drama. But when you find someone who says, yeah, I want to live by that set of commitments too. I mean, we all struggle. We all maybe drift and, you know, don't always live out our intentions. I'm going to give you some examples here in a minute. But when you find someone who's like, yeah, I'm on that path too. I roll the same way you roll. Well, do you see there's not going to be drama because there's an underlying commitment, right? Like, so for example, um, one of the commitments that my wife and I share is the commitment to work through problems and reveal our feelings um, and not hide and not withhold and you know, not keep secrets. If something comes up, we deal with it 
right then and there unless there's some reason why we have to delay a conversation. But we we share a commitment to face something that's bothering us, to not conceal, not play games, okay? So believe it or not, there have been times where my wife gets mad at me. <laughs> I know you, I'm fantastic. You can't even imagine that, that, that I would do something to piss her off, but it, it, it has happened, okay? And there's been a couple times when she's been mad at me and she, and she, just, she just wants to walk out of the room. It's like, I just, because she doesn't like conflict much. I mean, she, she really wants to avoid conflict. And so when she's feeling upset, she just wants to get away from it. Okay. And so she'll walk out of the room and I'll say, honey, honey, we don't do that here. We don't do that. We don't walk out of the room. And she's like, you're right. You're right. And she'll come back in. She'll sit down next to me. We'll look at each other. We'll take a breath and we'll talk it through. And we might argue, we might get into it, but nobody's walking away. Nobody's brushing it under the rug. Nobody's hiding a feeling. What, what doesn't happen in our relationship is my wife said, you know, what you said to me last week really hurt my feelings. That would be a breach of our commitment to stay current with each other to reveal feelings, right? If she said, man, something you said last week really hurt my feelings, we would have a problem because she didn't say anything. The secondary issue would be what I said and what we could work through about that issue. But the first conversation would be, why didn't you bring this up? We don't, we don't live that way, right? Okay, so it's these kinds of things. Just, But just imagine that my wife was a concealer and wanted to play games and never wanted to share how she felt. And she just thought, you know, you should be able to figure it out on your own. Um, and it was all that kind of stuff. And yet I wanted to be someone who we talk about things. We, we air our grievances, as the Seinfeld episode said, you know, where we reveal, we don't conceal. Like we, we would be playing different games, wouldn't we? You get that? It's like, She's playing basketball and I'm playing soccer. Those two games don't mix. If you try to play basketball and soccer at the same time, you're going to have conflict because the basketball player is going to say, you can't kick it. That's a violation. And the soccer player is saying, you can't use your hands. <laughs> That's a foul, <laughs> right? You can't play those two games together. They're great games. But but they can't be played together. So the revealing and concealing, I could say, well, they're both different ways of functioning. They're both great games, but you can't play them together. You, you got to play the same game in a relationship. Take, for instance, the issue of agreements or keeping your word or promises. There are some people that don't take their agreements that seriously. They like, okay, yeah, I'll see you Saturday. But they don't necessarily mean that that's written in pen, like that's in the cement. Like if I say Saturday at 7 o'clock, I mean Saturday at 7 o'clock, and you can bank on it. I mean, nothing is going to, unless I'm dead, right? I mean, my word is my bond. If I make an agreement, I'm going to keep it. 
If I say I will do something, I'll do it. If I say I will not do something, I'm not going to do it. And because that's how I roll, right? I make and keep clear agreements. Well, just think what happens if you're relating with someone who doesn't live that way. And again, I'm not saying that not living that way is bad or wrong. I'm just saying whether it's you and your sister or you and a coworker or you and an intimate partner, if you are not both committed to making and keeping your agreements impeccably, you're going to be in conflict all the time. Hey, you said that you would clean the garage this weekend and you didn't. Oh, well, gee, I didn't think um, you were taking me all that seriously. Yeah, I said that, but you know, I mean, I just said that. I, I can't believe you're so bent out of shape. No, you said you would. That's all I'm saying is you, you said you would. Hey, you said you wouldn't cheat on me. <laughs> well, I didn't think you took me seriously on that one. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, <laughs> okay, so those are drastic examples, but you get what I mean? You, so again, here's another reason why you don't get married right away. Who cares about chemistry? That doesn't make a relationship work. That just makes sex good. Okay? But if you want to have a relationship outside the bedroom for any length of time, this is the stuff that matters. Like we have shared lifestyle dreams and we live by shared commitments. We're playing the same game together. Okay? So if you meet someone and you get to know them and you're like, they want the same kind of life I want and we're both kind of on the same spiritual path or the same sort of commitment path. We, we're living, living by the same rules. We're playing the same game. I, like I want to play soccer and they want to play soccer. Woo, that's an all-in type of thing. Like why would you hold back from that? Because I'm again, I'm assuming that you like the person. There's some chemistry. And if you're living by the same rules and you want the same future together, holy crap, what would make you not go forward? Well, let's talk about that because we have fear of intimacy, don't we? Some of us have maybe been hurt by people close to us. Maybe we grew up with an alcoholic father or mother. Maybe we have abandonment type of wounds or maybe there's been abuse or maybe we have some baggage from our past to where we've been betrayed, cheated on, ghosted, gaslighted, and we've got some pain. And so you meet someone and you're dating someone and all the lights are green, right? You're looking down the street and every light is green. You can go 90 miles an hour. <laughs> it's like they're all green. And something in you says, nope, 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 nope. Why? Because you're fearing intimacy, right? I mean, there's a good chance that you're like, the more the lights are green, the more scared I get because I don't have a reason to back away. See, a lot of people tell me, why do I keep attracting emotionally unavailable people? Why do I keep attracting people that it just can't go anywhere? And I say, well, maybe on some level, you don't want it to go anywhere. 
maybe there's a fear of intimacy. Maybe there's a, a fear of maybe going through a divorce one day or there's something, a, a fear of commitment or something. And it gets really convenient to attract people who you know it can't go anywhere with because then you don't ever have to deal with that. See, so we can't spend too much time here. I just, I just want to say, is that you? Do you sometimes have some hesitancy when you probably shouldn't? Like there's something in you that, that just makes you pull back? Or is there something in you that seems to always find something? Like, oh, I can find a red flag in anyone. I can, you know, I can turn a green light into a red light. You know what I mean? Like, what is that saying? That's saying that there's something in you that is afraid of letting go. It's, you're really afraid of attracting lasting love because it might hurt you in some way or it scares you in some way, makes you feel vulnerable in some way. So you conveniently attract people that you know is not going anywhere. I really do believe the attraction to the bad boy, that's what this is about. Because you know with a bad boy, it's, it's not, this isn't, a bad boy is not a man you can trust and build a life with. Like he's great to look at and he's kind of dangerous and masculine and stuff. But yeah, you, you, you can't get on that train and ride it anywhere because he's, he's not that guy, right? The bad boy is not a guy that you can trust and commit to and build a life with. He's a guy you can have sex with and have some fun with and it's mysterious and you never know what he's feeling, right? And there's all that chemistry and yeah, there's some real excitement there, but it doesn't go anywhere. So why am I attracted to those guys? Ooh, because maybe there's something in me that doesn't want it to go anywhere, even though I say I do. Oh, I say that I want to attract lasting love, but you know what? I'm not. I keep attracting men or women with whom there is really no chance of that happening. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Or I meet someone and all my friends are like, they're great. Like, what are you worried about? What are you hesitating for? What, what is your question? You're out of your mind. I wish I could meet someone like that. And they're into you. And you're like, yeah, I know, but um, there's this or there's that, or I, what's the hesitation about? If I'm talking to you, you need to hire me as a coach, right? I mean, or someone. If I'm talking to you, you need to unwind that. Otherwise, there's something in you that will never let you be in the relationship that you want. Some, you got your foot on the brake. Right? I use that illustration all the time. Got your foot on the gas pedal. I want my car to go forward. I want to be in a great relationship, a healthy, sustainable one. I'm hitting the gas pedal. I want to move my life in that direction, but the car's not moving, Roy. Why not? Well, because I got my other foot on the brake and I don't know it. So the car's making a lot of noise, right? You make a lot of noise to your friends, how you want to meet someone. I want to meet someone. I want to meet someone, but it's not happening. Chances are you've got an unconscious foot on the brake and the car will not move. And very often you need a coach or someone to come alongside of you and explore the unconscious commitment to not be in a, in a relationship. 
to help you take the foot off the brake because the minute the foot comes off the brake, the car shoots forward <laughs> and you find yourself in a relationship. Okay. So if, if, if you're that person that like, yeah, there's, there's green lights and, and I'm scared, I'm hesitant, call me up, email me, Roy at coachingwithroy.com, 407-687-3387. That's my cell phone. Let's have a conversation. No pressure about coaching. Talk about my program. See if we fit. And let's get your foot off the brake if that's you. Okay? Now, the other one I want to get back to is why do we run through the red lights? (laughs) It's like, oh, it's so clear that this is not the person for me. (laughs) Yeah, they're great looking or something, but I I can tell that our lifestyles don't line up. We don't live by the same commitments. Or, you know, they're a partier and you don't want that in your life. Or they're, you know, they're out of work. They're living in their mother's basement, eating Cheetos, playing video games. But God, is he cute. And he's nice to me. And, you know, and so I think that my love will inspire him to get a job and to get out of the basement or to take better care of himself financially or physically or, you know, whatever it is, you know, have we have a tendency to think that our love is going to change someone or that someone is going to grow up or break through or decide to take responsibility or (laughs) right. So we see these red lights that are like, Nope, not getting involved, but we, we just drive right through the intersection and we end up getting T-boned. Why do we do it? Well, loneliness in a word. That's one word. The other word is scarcity. Let's take scarcity first. Many of us just think that finding, you know, a good person to create a healthy, sustainable relationship is like looking for a needle in a haystack. It's like, well, if, if if I I better just take what I can get. Well, I'll just sort of ignore that red flag because you know there's so few good men or women in the world. All the good ones are taken or gay, right? I mean, so we have a scarcity mindset, and and it scares us, and so it makes us settle, or it makes us stay in a relationship. How many people stay in relationships longer than they should because they feel like, oh, well, it's so hard to find someone nowadays. I guess I can just put up with this or I guess I can make this work because it's just so hard. I don't want to start over. It's just a nightmare out there in the dating world or whatever, right? So scarcity is the silent killer of the single person's soul, (laughs) okay? But it's a real issue that really affects us and keeps us from recognizing red flag. And running right through it. The other one is loneliness. It's like, man, I haven't been with someone in a long time. I, I haven't had sex or I haven't had someone put their arm around me. I, I, no one's touched me. I haven't been on a date. I, I just feel empty and lonely. And yeah, it's a red flag. But, you know, they do have a job. Yeah, Britney Spears, she smokes. But look how beautiful she is. And man, she would look so good on my arm and everybody would just be you know, jealous of me and I would feel special and and, and I would be, 
you know, I, they want me, right? What, like one of the major things that makes us run through red flags is like, well, I know it's a red flag, but they want to be with me. They really love me. They, they think I'm great. Like I remember when I did a lot of work on myself many, many years ago when my whole love life was a disaster. And I write about this in my first book, uh, A Drink With Legs, um, that the only quality at that point in my life that I wanted in a woman was that she liked me. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even a question of whether I liked her or whether I wanted her. It's like, you like me? Oh, I'm in. Uh, well, now, where's that come from? A kind of insecurity, a kind of loneliness, a kind of neediness, you know, and those are the things that make us ignore the red lights. I went out with a lot of girls that I had no business being with, and it came back to bite me every single time. Like I got T-boned, and we got in major wrecks because, well, she liked me. So that's all that matters. Again, so if you're this person, if you're feeling loneliness, if you're feeling like scarcity, like finding a partner is like looking for a needle in a haystack, and by the way, I've got another podcast by that very title, you know, Needle in a Haystack. Um, if I'm talking to you, call me. Let's work together. I was that person. I was that lonely one, that one who believed in scarcity, that one who felt a bit needy, the one who just tried to make excuses for relationships because she liked me and she was good looking and oh, the sex was great. Um, and, and, and I created so much pain and drama for my life and for her life because I didn't know how to deal with loneliness. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to find the completeness that I am. I, you know, I, I didn't know what to do with all that. And I believed in scarcity. I, I didn't, I didn't really recognize that there is enough for me in the world that, that there is no scarcity. I, I didn't feel that in my bones. And so it made me just choose women just because it was better than nothing. I would go out with women and date them. Eh, it was better than nothing. I got nothing to do tonight. Well, how horrible is that? What am I doing to the woman? What woman wants a guy to spend time with him because it's better than nothing, right? But that's what I did. You can imagine the pain and the drama that it caused, okay? But it's so common, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it to you because about half the planet does this kind of stuff. And the other half is over there afraid of commitment on the other side, <laughs> you know, resisting things. And they got their foot on the brake and they have the fear of rejection, the fear of being hurt and all these things keep them from opening their heart and, and allowing themselves to be vulnerable and so forth, right? So where are you on that spectrum, right? You need you just need to work on that part of yourself. It's, it's all workable. You can transcend all that stuff and end up attracting lasting love. So that's my invitation to you. Really, truly, I want to support you in taking away any of these blocks or barriers that keeps you from the love life that you would like to enjoy. And so again, Roy at coachingwithroy.com, 
407-687-3387. Let's talk. Let's work on these things. And until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.